This is Taking Care in Business, a podcast that dives into the topic of corporate social responsibility from many different perspectives. Host Kathy Pedrotti Hayes is an expert in CSR and philanthropic giving, and her co-host, Vicki Bolson, is the founder and CEO of Bolson Group, a unified marketing company that was also the first B Corp certified company in Indiana. Kathy and Vicki became friends and equally passionate about CSR when they first worked together several years ago. Join them as they talk about why it is always worthwhile to take care in business. Hey, Kathy. Hey, good morning. How are you? <laughs> I'm laughing at you. <laughs> and why is that? I Holy smokes. Can you read that thing over there? I can. I can. Oh, my gosh. I mean, she has got her intro in about 36 point font. That's right. Well, I wanted to make sure to get it right. I told you I'd become a slave to these little readers, so (laughs) I have to take them wherever I can, and then I'm nervous if I forget them. Well, the problem is you're probably going to put the readers on, and now it's going to be messed up. (laughs) You know? Exactly. Exactly. Well, who do we have coming today? Well, I'm so excited. So um, I have a friend who um, I had the opportunity to hear speak at a recent NABO luncheon and um, at the course of that she mentioned her mom and then I had an opportunity to meet her mom and so her mom Evelyn Magley is our guest today and Evelyn is just very cool she made history as the first African-American woman to ever own a male professional sports league in the United States. Oh, my. So Evelyn and her husband, who is a retired NBA player, David Magley, are the founders of the Basketball League. And that's a newly formed minor professional basketball league, which acquired the North American Premier Basketball League. Very cool. Yes. And so um, the Basketball League is really much so much in line with what we talk about here. So they're dedicated to delivering a world-class professional basketball experience to the community, fans, and business partners. And they provide communities with a professional basketball team that gives an affordable, quality family entertainment experience. Mm-hmm. And this is really cool. They provide players with educational opportunities to learn from nationally acclaimed life skills classes for financial literacy, health and wellness, nutrition, preventative medicine, and sports biomechanics. They offer support and encouragement to local communities through engagement in schools and group appearances, youth camps, clinics, and nonprofit organizations. So um, the other thing that's really cool about the league is they afford basketball players the opportunity to make a living um, uh, make a living playing the game they love here in America. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, I'm very happy to have Evelyn. And Evelyn is the former director of community engagement at the Brampton A's of the National Basketball League of Canada. As a liaison, she scaled the forward-facing programming of the NBL and nonprofit organizations within the community at large. So this isn't necessarily, this is um, sort of a new thing for her because Evelyn is a music educator and music therapist and she has a passion for positively impacting the lives of young people. She is a graduate from the University of Kansas and she co-founded Children with Purpose, an inner city ministry focused on mentoring children through the gospel, academic services, hot meals, and music. So that's, welcome, good morning. Good morning. Yes, thanks for coming, Evelyn. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm I've been excited about this and uh, can barely wait to uh, share 
share the journey. Yeah. So, <laughs> so okay, music therapist, you've done all these wonderful things for the community, Children with Purpose, and now Basketball League. What? How did that happen? Well, the Basketball League um, really is a, I would say it's a God-given vision. Um, I was really shown that this is something that needs to be done for the communities. And um, it really started um, with me literally in the bathroom on the floor praying. And um, the vision was given, and I started the very next day with my husband. Uh, The actual name of the basketball league came from my daughter because I told her the vision that God had given me. And um, I said, I don't know what to name it, though. And she said, oh, Mom, just keep it simple. Call it the basketball league. (laughs) So uh, immediately, you know, I called attorneys and everything and did searches and all of that and it's the basketball league keeping it simple I just okay so you're on the floor praying Mm -hmm. and it's music therapy to basketball there had to be some kind of a I mean well your husband was a a former player Mm -hmm. so was that the connection you think well my husband uh, former player uh, i.e. coach um Uh, both at high school level, and then he ended up coaching for the National Basketball League of Canada. And after uh, being there for two years, I worked in the uh, community at Heart Outreach for the Brampton A's and then also with the uh, NBL Canada. He uh, was hired to be the commissioner. He has a background in business, and uh, there were things there that uh, they felt that he would be able to help with his experience in basketball, et cetera. And uh, so he became the con- commissioner of the NBL Canada. And then I worked uh, in the community outreach. And I worked with a lot of nonprofit organizations. Mm-hmm. Just amazing. So uh, from there, uh, we come back to the United States. And um, he had some things that he was working on, and I was not really happy with the way some of the things were going, and I was in the restroom crying and um, uh, about a lot of things that were happening. And uh, that's when I'm, I really heard and saw the vision. And that's the easiest way to explain yeah. it mm-hmm. because you, it, when you really try to go into it, people are like, mm, okay, let's see. <laughs> vision from God yeah okay she's a little different but um, that's really how it came together and over our lifetime uh, with uh, me teaching and I uh, taught music and I have a love and a passion for teaching and working with young people and I've been to over I can't even tell you hundreds of thousands of basketball games (laughs) between my husband and uh, three of our children that played basketball, um, it was it was just a right fit. Mm-hmm. It, it, it sounds like you were fit. trying to find another way or a way to impact yeah. the lives of children. Right, and uh, it's usually it's it it really is uh, using basketball as mm-hmm. a tool to uh, go out and share the love of God. And to do it in a way that's not preachy, that is not asking anybody to believe like I do, but it's really um, taking the love of God 
and then using that platform of basketball to serve the community mm-hmm. because that's what I feel that I've been called to do is to serve. And it opens up doors on so many different ways for the young men that then come into the basketball league to see uh, that we see them as a full person, that uh, they're bigger than, than the game. And I think even with the loss of Kobe uh, Bryant, uh, it's not just basketball that they're talking about. It's the things that he did in the community, mm-hmm. um, the mistakes that he made in his life and how he overcame those and used his life to impact positively the people that are in his life, including his family, you know, his children, uh, neighbors, um, and uh, people all, all around the world. Mm-hmm. And that's what basketball can do. It mm-hmm. opens up doors. Uh, and it opens up doors that allows you to be able to serve. So um, certainly I'm more familiar with the um, national NBA, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, and, and um, not being a huge sports person, we learned a lot when we talked to you on the mm-hmm. pre-interview. Mm-hmm. But how does the, the basketball league and your philosophy on community, how does that kind of differ from other minor league sports? Well, This league is not about just building heroes that, um, and this not to talk down the NBA. It's just a different league. We're hashtag a different league because the young men that are playing on the teams are from those communities. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're usually within an hour uh, drive of wherever the venue is that they're playing in. And they don't sign your shoe and run off and you don't see them again. They're actively working uh, in youth camps, working with nonprofit organizations, um, working within the community, uh, Habitat for Humanity, uh, using their lives to positively impact, and they're playing as professionals. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a little bit different in that <clears throat> they're from those communities. Mm-hmm. And what, what communities are you in now? Oh, gee. <laughs> I, that's why that's why I have the uh, my little list here because I I go alphabetically and I want to make certain that I get them all. So we have the Albany Patroons, the Columbus Condors, the Dallas Skyline, uh, Dayton Flight, Gulf Coast Lions down in Sarasota, Bradenton area. Uh, we have the Indy Express, a new team here locally, uh, Jamestown Jackals, Louisville Yellow Jackets. Owensboro Thoroughbreds, Raleigh Firebirds, uh, Tampa Bay Titans, and Tri-State Admirals up in New Jersey. So um, we're spread out a little bit more kind of Midwest, Mm -hmm. East Coast, and we have other teams that will be coming in next year on the West Coast, but um, we're, we're spread out pretty much across the United States. How, um, I assume that you get sponsors, right? That each of your teams have certain sponsors or corporate partners. Yes. How do they view the um, involvement that, that your teams have within the communities? Well, I would say that um, the name on the polo mm-hmm. is more important. Those names that are on the polo, um, those team names that go into the schools are more important than, than the names that are on the court. Mm-hmm. Um Corporate sponsors want to know and see what you're doing in a community. Mm-hmm. They want to co-brand True. with um, 
someone that is offering something that maybe as a company uh, they want to uh, co-brand with because they want to help that organization uh, to stay in that community. They want to see those streams of revenue go back into a community um, and do it in a way that is positive, that um, reaches out and uh, touches a diversity, mm-hmm. a diversified audience. That's what I have mm-hmm. found. Uh, corporate sponsors that um, are really looking to impact communities, I would think they'd want to be involved with our teams because we're real. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's just not a photo op. And uh, that's what makes it a different league. It's, it's not just going in for the photo op, but really um, making an impact and doing it um, from your heart because you genuinely care. Well, and the opportunity for the um, athletes. What do, what's the typical athlete's demographic? Oh, well, I would say we have young men that are from all around the world. Um, I would say probably 80% are American or U.S. citizens. I'd get a little bit higher, maybe 85%. Um, They're young men. Some have degrees. Some have attended uh, universities. Some have not. Uh, You have some that are coming from uh, maybe they didn't get an opportunity to play basketball uh, in college for whatever reason. Maybe they didn't play all on a D1 level. Maybe they're in junior college, or maybe they didn't play at all. And so we allow them an opportunity to be able to come in and share their gifts and their talents on a level that really, if you look at it, you have the NBA, then you have the G League, which was the development league that was bought by the NBA, uh, renamed, rebranded as G League because of Gatorade, and now you have the Basketball League. We um, allow all uh, different diversified uh, young men to be able to play. And when they go um, to each area and they try out for those teams, uh, the best ones make it. Mm-hmm. That's helpful how you just the you know the basketball league the G League NBA mm-hmm. I was trying to envision how that worked so that's helpful Thank Well you. in in most countries you're going to have a pro level A pro B you know you, it's kind of like soccer Yeah we yeah, talked we a little bit about, about that, that. Um, most countries have different levels of pro but in the United States it's pretty much the NBA and then you have a lot of different leagues that are ABC leagues Basically, they call them the ABCs, but they're not necessarily uh, considered pro, mm-hmm. as in uh, our players are, are paid, mm-hmm. and uh, we have standards. So all of the teams, for example, um, in the basketball league, we have standardized uniforms that they wear. You won't have one uh, team that's wearing uh, T-shirts and uh, pullover, and then another team that's all decked out with matching jerseys and bottoms, and maybe there's uh, one team that's using one distributor or um, brand and then another using another. We're all wearing the same uniforms, logos, sponsorships are all tagged and placed in specific places. Um, And then we have standards of what we have expectations of the young men 
and um, and what we have for our team market owners. What's it like being a woman in this environment? Wow, I, I you know that's unusual. Well, very. I mean, when you were the first, <laughs> so I guess it's really unusual. Oh uh, well, it it is a real experience. Uh, my first year, I watched a lot. Mm-hmm. You see, my husband has that experience in a lot of the basketball. I'm a lot about the community piece and the passion is the commitment to the young men that we make certain that they get what they need. But that first year, I was, my head was spinning because I wanted to observe. I wanted to see. I didn't want to just react. I wanted to really um, take it all in to see exactly how does this work. And I learned a lot. And I'm still learning a lot, but now I'm I'm starting to step into uh, being able to understand the culture more, so that I can understand the people better. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like any time you you go like on a a missions trip. I think it's important that you understand the culture, and it is a man's world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And we live in that, and we know that as women. But when you're a woman doing, you know, what I'm doing right now, I'm really learning. It is truly a man's world. Mm -hmm. And in saying that, I also understand that for hundreds of years, those wonderful men have had the women behind the scenes running a lot of things. (laughs) That's what I was going to say. I'm sure you're a breath of fresh air coming in and... Well, it's it's interesting because um, it takes a lot to be able to speak up, and um, I don't have a problem doing that. But before I did that, I really wanted to learn more. Sure. So as I learn more, I'm stepping into it more, more. <laughs> so how does a um, how does a community establish a team? How does that work? Well, a community establishes a team by number one contacting the league mm-hmm. at www thebasketballleague.net Good one. Uh-huh, or info <laughs> at thebasketballleague.net and uh, really uh, letting us know what their desires are. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have individuals that may want to have a team that may not meet the, ph- the philosophy that mm-hmm. we have. Sure. And for us, we're looking for people that are about the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not about just having an investment, which is great, but if you're not seeing the people in the community with um, having a basketball team and in this business, if you do not connect with your community, you are not going to make it. Mm-hmm. The people that are coming to our game and the people that want to invest have to realize that those streams of revenue have to flow back into the pockets of the community. So we're looking for people that are philanthropists, Mm -hmm. that love community, that want to give back, that understand the need to uh, supply streams of revenue to young men that are using their gifts and their talents to impact lives. Mm -hmm. There are hundreds of thousands of dollars that are going out to young men that would not have these opportunities. Mm-hmm. You have um, 
you have the NBA, 32 teams. You have the G League, 30. Does the talent just drop off and stop? There are still young men that have uh, dream dreams and have visions. Where are they going to be able to do that and be able to be paid for it? Mm -hmm. So we're looking for individuals that understand that, that have pockets deep enough to be able to um, support that, but also if they if they aren't or don't have the funds, that they have a philanthropist and uh, angel investors mm-hmm. and people that understand that would want to have this type of entertainment in their community. I, I assume that the community or the team in the community identifies that community's need, and that's what they, you know, that's their their mission or their project, mm-hmm. if you will. Mm-hmm. Well, and also Charge. you have to have a community that wants to support it. Now, mind you, my husband played in the NBA, and yet with my four children, we never got to go after he retired. We never got to go to an NBA game together. Mm-hmm. Now, why would that be? Well, probably money. Would there be you a go. Big one, yeah. Money. Super expensive. It's super expensive. With four children, by the time I purchase tickets, mm-hmm. parking, and of course, you got to have popcorn. <laughs> I was going to say. I mean, you're going to take your kids there, and everybody's chowing down, and you're going to say, "Sorry, just enjoy the game." Right. I mean. You have to, it has to be affordable. Mm-hmm. And that's what we do. We have, our our games are affordable. You can actually take your children and pay less than you're going to pay to go see a movie. Mm-hmm. And they can yell and scream and jump up and down and let all that energy out in a positive way. Get their popcorn and their hot dog. How about that? That's great. Yeah, that is great. <laughs> well, this has been, I, I mean, know, very so interesting. interesting. You know, I've learned a lot just about um, basketball and professional basketball in general, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to have to check out your website. Tell mm-hmm. our listeners again what it is. The it's uh, www.thebasketballleague.net, okay. as in hoops. Okay. <laughs> and people can email at info yes. at thebasketballleague.com. Yes, okay. and, oh. and we're, re- we're revealing on the 29th. Um, we're going to reveal our National Financial Educators Council literacy program that uh, we're being sponsored uh, so that we can bring financial literacy out to the uh, players and also out to communities. Okay, so that's available now by yeah. the time this interview yeah. airs. So that's yeah, wonderful. Be, yeah. That's great. Well, I I want to have you back another time. Yeah, uh, I think that would be so cool to see give it give um, some a little bit more longevity, but. Um, you're amazing. I feel so fortunate that we've mm-hmm. been able to have you here today and um, wish you continued success with this. It's just it's very exciting. Well, thank you, and I'd like to thank you for um, inviting me to come and tell the story and the journey and um, to get the story out there because it's one that I, I know can help so many uh, individuals and communities around and across the United States. I love today's Taking Care in Community. 
uh, nomination. Uh, they used to be a pro bono client of ours. Gotcha. Um, you know about School on Wheels, right? Sure. Yeah, they've been a client of mine. I've been involved with them for really since they started here in Indianapolis. It's it's a great program, and it's it's just really touching too. Um, for those that don't know, they provide one on one tutoring for school aged children that are impacted by homelessness. Sure. Um, And I'm just going to read a little excerpt here so that people can hear more of the specifics about School on Wheels. Uh, It says, since its inception, School on Wheels has grown to serve nearly 400 children each year at 16 partner sites with the help of nearly 450 volunteer tutors. It provides school-based programs, shelter-based programs, and academic enrichment programs for children impacted by homelessness, like we discussed. Mm -hmm. And through each of their programs... They not only work with children, but with the parents of these children so they can become the best advocates for their child's education, which I can't, you know, imagine being homeless and and needing to, you know, to continue to be supportive in that area. And so this is just an amazing program. Right. They help to provide continuity and really that care and trust for kids who are going through something really, really difficult. Yes. So we're very, very fortunate to have School on Wheels here. Yes. And working in our community. Yes. And thank you, National Bank of Indianapolis, for sponsoring this segment so we could tell our listeners about this. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for joining us this season on Taking Care in Business. Let's give a big thank you to Matt Sosi. Yes. Thank you, Matt. Our sound engineer and also to our Taking Care in Community sponsor, the National Bank of Indianapolis. If you'd like to nominate someone or an organization for an episode next season, you can visit us our website, takingcareinbusiness.com. And don't forget to subscribe, follow, or download Taking Care in Business wherever you get our podcast. You can listen to all back and bonus content episodes by doing so. If you love Taking Care in Business, give us a five-star rating and leave a review, or just share this episode on your social media. We're on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Taking Care in Biz. That's Taking Care in Biz, B-I-Z. And you can also visit our website at TakingCareInBusiness.com to listen to back episodes. And we'll always take your emails at info at TakingCareInBusiness.com. We hope that you enjoyed the season's guest. We'll be back soon for our next season. So stay connected to us for updates on when that will start and to see what we're up to. Until then... Take Take care care in business. business.